Welcome back to Five Songs or Less. We're back with Danny and Cody. Howdy, y'all. Howdy, y'all. I'm going to talk quieter now because those waves are real big. <laughs> if I was better at this, I would come up with a, those waves are as big as a something, something, and a something, something. Uh, Texas something. Yeah, yeah. The waves uh, are bigger in Texas. <laughs> That's right. All right. Back to my normal voice. Hey, everybody. We're back with the five songs or less. Cody's back. Him and his country roots are showing. <laughs> We're going to talk about Dwight Yoakam, but not before we catch up because Cody and I haven't talked in a while. Yeah. He, he went on a trip that I have not really heard much about. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I have I have been saving it for the pod, which is totally dumb of me. Damn, I was wondering why you didn't ask me about my trip. <laughs> um, so yeah, hi Cody. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, how, yeah. How was your trip? It was great. America is still beautiful, <laughs> despite all of our problems. Yeah. Saw lots of pretty things and. Mm-hmm. Uh, visited some cool towns, cities, saw some roadside attractions, Nice. uh, a couple museums, but just a lot of time driving. It was great. Cool. What was your favorite destination that you went? Uh, that's kind of hard because different things were awesome in different ways uh albuquerque is really cool i want to go back to albuquerque and hang out for more than a day Mm -hmm. like amazing food cool vibe the weather was like really great when i was there because it was like monsoon season i guess Mm. um yeah seemed like a rad town yeah um I drove past the grand tetons which was really beautiful between idaho and wyoming that was really great. I went to the Cowboy Museum in Oklahoma City. That, oh, yeah. I saw some pics uh, of that. That was actually pretty good. Lots of yeah. cool, like, Western art, if you're into that. Lots of problematic stuff, but sure. uh, still cool. Some, some of it's still cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, saw some buds in Kansas City. Kansas City's a cool town. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was all, it was all good. Except I got COVID probably in Flagstaff, Arizona, and then proceeded to give it to my friends in L.A. Oh, no, really? (laughs) Yeah. I, like, tested the morning I left Flagstaff, totally negative, and then spent two days with them. And then the morning I was leaving to come home, I woke up feeling awful. Uh I I had a sinus infection. Like, I also had a sinus infection, so I thought everything was that. But, um, nope, I had COVID, and gave it to my my buds and i felt really bad Damn. and so came home and locked myself in my room immediately so added another <laughs> like so yeah me and brandy didn't see each other for like several weeks Dang. <laughs> it kind of did you while you had covid did you like stay away from like working from home or did you work from home yeah, I mean, the first week I was going to try and work, but I, you, I like actually just couldn't work like, yeah, it sucks. And then uh, I think the next week I worked from home most of the time, but I, okay. I tested negative pretty quick. It only lasted like 
six days for me, which was good. Oh, okay. So, did you lose any like sense of taste or smell or anything like that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, damn. taste, smell, everything. But it's back. That's good. Yeah, it didn't like fuck things up. I don't think so. I don't think That's so. Good. But while I had it, it was weird. I couldn't yeah. smell or taste anything. Amanda's sister got it uh, before vaccinations, mm. uh, and it it's like fucked up her sense of taste, like and smell permanently that sucks yeah so um hopefully like you know you might have lost your sense of taste and smell or whatever but hopefully because of maybe because of the vaccines yeah that it it made it non-permanent or i'm sure it's just not the same for everybody but. yeah i mean i think on the in the grand <laughs> scale of things i had a very mild case even though sure. i was pretty like laid out for a while yeah yeah that's what i i I'm like always afraid of getting it, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure I would be fine. Um, I'm sure my kids would be fine now that they're all vaccinated and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, I still worry about it a lot, obviously. Yeah. And so I, I was curious about like, would I like try to keep working? Because I'm, I'm at home all the time anyway. So mm-hmm. it'd be no different for me. Yeah. I mean, I thought I would and I did for like a, a day, mm-hmm. but I was just like so tired and like. Yeah. Anytime there was any downtime, I would just fall asleep anyways. Plus, yeah, it was just like yeah. really hard to focus and stuff. And I mean, luckily, we're they're obligated to give you time off if you have COVID. So totally. It wasn't like a question of like, am I going to lose my my job or something? Sure, so, sure. Uh, I am uh, privileged to have that kind of job. But yeah, yeah. hopefully I don't get it. I, I might get it. Because I just played a show last night. Oh yeah, so yeah. How was how was your show? I'm sorry I didn't go. Oh, so uh, okay. uh, a a ongoing side effect of having COVID is I think I always have COVID now. Yeah, yeah. So every time I get a sniffle, I'm just like. Yeah, I had like a headache last night and a bit of a, uh-huh. a, a uh, well, like my cough has just never all the way gone away, and especially at night I cough, so I'm like, oh, headache and cough. I probably have COVID. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I did not leave the house. Yeah, no. At, at this point in my life and also the lifespan of the band, it, the band is not a new thing anymore. So like when we first started playing, I was uh, not expecting, but like not surprised that like more people were showing up, like friends or whatever. Yeah. But we've been a band for like eight years now. Wow. And and I fully do not expect people to show up. <laughs> like I'll invite people and be like, "You can come if you want, yeah. but don't I don't feel bad or whatever." Anyway, it was really fun. It was great. Was, it was fun to be out. This was your first show back, right? It's our first show since 2019. Wow! Because we were like prepping for an album, and then we went in the studio and recorded an album, and then COVID hit. Uh, like my last full day of work at work or at, on site uh, was the last day I went in to record, like do guitar over there. Oh, or yeah. So then we had, we didn't practice for like two years. <laughs> uh, then we just started practicing semi recently. And yeah, it was a lot of fun though. Cafe is like so nice now. I haven't been there in a long time. Their sound is like really fucking good. Now. Yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, I haven't been there forever since obviously before COVID. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I think the last time I went there was when you and I went there for that one punk show when that dude mm-hmm. uh, from Twitter was coming to Sacramento. Or That's whatever. right. I recently found the flyer for that. I was going through like oh, my files and I was like, why did I make this flyer? None of my friends' bands are playing. And then I was like, <laughs> oh, they're from Vancouver or something. They're from Canada. So. Oh, oh, no, not that one. That was the one at Blue Lamp, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, the, there was the other guy in the 155 world uh, that was, like, working in San Jose. Oh, that's right. He had, he had, like, a day off, and, like, um, yeah. Sickburn played. Yep. Yeah, and Danger Inc. or something like that. Totally, I do remember that. That was probably my last time there, too. Yeah, um, but it's really nice. Like, that venue is so cool. I'm glad it's still there. Been there since we were in our 20s. Uh, it took on, a obviously. long, long. <laughs> it took about 15 years off. <laughs> it's still like every time I go there, because I don't go there very often, like I am just immediately like transported back and yeah. like thinking about like yesterday, um, they have bands uh, walk their stuff through the alley that's in between mm-hmm. cafe and colony. Yeah. And like, I haven't gone that, down that alley since I took pictures of speeding in the rain in that alley. Totally. Uh, so like, I don't know all this stuff just, it's a nice feeling or whatever. Plus I lived over there. Right. In that neighborhood for like seven years. Yeah. But anyway, it was a lot of fun. Um, Tentacult played, which is a cool, like, uh, I don't know what kind of genre they are. Metal band mm-hmm. from Sacramento. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this band from Seattle. And I have absolutely no idea how to pronounce their name. I heard it pronounced multiple times last night. <laughs> Um, but it's spelled I Z T H M I. Hmm. Is the me? Is the me? Something uh, like that. Yeah. They were really fucking good. Yeah. I was like kind of blown away by them because it's like atmospheric black metal. Um, but like one of the guitarists, well, both of the guitarists were really fucking good. Uh, but one of the guitarists does like a lot of tapping stuff mm-hmm. that I'm super excited about. <laughs> so uh, they were really cool. It was cool to see. I got some pictures and stuff. Nice. Just on my phone. Like I kept thinking for weeks now, like I should like get some batteries for my film camera and bring my film camera out or charge up my digital camera. But oh, well. Nope. Huh. Uh, and then we played. And it was a lot of fun. Yeah. I played I played with a mask on, which was cool. Uh interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Did you um, go uh surgical mask, cloth mask? I had a KN95. KN95. What color was it? Black, obviously. Okay, good. I didn't want you to look like <laughs> a fool up there with the white mask on. <laughs> Although I recently got some nice KN95s that are white, mm-hmm. unfortunately, but they are so much more comfortable and like f- just like a pleasure to wear all day yeah. if I have yeah. to compared <laughs> to like the the black ones that you get like uh, cheap on the internet or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I got. The cheap, cheap ones off the internet. So did you, was your like face like super sweaty just under the mask? The whole night, yes. <laughs> like every time I had to do anything physical, like moving equipment mm-hmm. and stuff like that, oh, I was just all sweaty underneath there. 
It was gross. Yeah. But, oh well. Hopefully it, it helped prevent me from getting COVID if somebody had it. Did they, like, switch out the mics and stuff between bands? They did. Uh, I have considered, and I pr- maybe I should have brought my own mic with me. Yeah. Uh, but, I don't know, maybe next time. I think it's already, like, before COVID it was dangerous for bands just to, like... Totally. Like, you're on tour and, like... Yeah. Sharing mics with... Who know who knows what kind of people? <laughs> who knows what? Um, but uh, yeah. Well, that's good. Um, I think they did anyway. Yeah. Um, the I noticed the band from Seattle had their own. Smart. Because I saw him like switch his out. Yeah. Smart. So I thought about it, but I was like, oh, I'm gonna have a mask on. I'll be okay. Were you able to still do the backup books? Yeah. Or your singing yeah. or whatever? Yeah. I just, I put a little more into it to make sure that I was projecting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. Like We haven't played as a band since, uh, we haven't played a show since 2019. So like, yeah. even though there wasn't that, there was like maybe 20 people or something like that. It was just pretty poorly attended. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it was fun to like be in the, the fog all that stuff. Oh yeah, the fog. Yep, yep. And we made a decent amount of money on merch. Sick. Yeah. Yeah. So. Your guys' merch game is always is always on on point. I need to get get more of it. I feel like you've released some good shirts that I haven't bought. Yeah. It's it helps to have very uh, artistically talented people in the band. Plus. A guy that can basically get us our shirts for free because he works at a screen printing shop. Nice. Um, and so he does all the printing himself. I think he has to pay a little bit, but yeah. not a lot. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Go, Everyone go to a show at Cafe Colonial. Support them. Yep. Uh, they're pretty cool. Yep. There's always shows happening there. And they did. Oh, they had a show at the Colony, too. So that was cool because like, nice. I would go in between bands. I would go outside and like listen mm-hmm. to like the stuff that was happening at the colony rad um uh there's a ska band playing there soon kill lincoln oh really yeah they're playing there like on wednesday oh damn we well (laughs) (laughs) we we should go we should go but i'm not gonna go (laughs) yeah Uh, unfortunately i have D &D that night and i cannot cancel on them again you cannot Amanda wanted me to ask you, or I don't know if she actually wanted me to ask you, but we're watching <laughs> Sandman right now. If you watch Sandman, mm, I have yet? not. I've not started yet, but I will. Okay. Well, that's the end of that conversation. <laughs> is is <laughs> what, it good? Uh, yes, I'm. I am enjoying it. It's I've the never read biography the of Adam Sandler, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> That was pretty good. Honestly, I'd probably be more excited about that. Not not that I'm not excited about this. It's weird. It's like all the things that I loved or thought were really cool in like the late 90s. It's Uh taken them like it's like they waited for me to stop caring about them to to adapt them for stuff. Like same with like I couldn't get excited when they made Preacher into a TV show. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's like would have been a dream when I was like, you know. 20 years old or whatever, but totally. now it's like, 
Yeah. But I hear Sandman's very good, so I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, so far I think we're six episodes in. But yeah, it's really good. I I would recommend it. Have you watched I ask everybody about this and I recommend it to everybody, but nobody takes my recommendation and you're I'll take your recommendation. They're gonna regret it. Uh reservation dogs. We have watched three episodes and then got stuck on something else. Mm. The new season. Well, I've only seen one episode of the new season, but it's great. And the yeah. first season is great. And everyone should watch it. Yeah. I really liked the episodes we watched. Oh, you know what it was? Is we watched like the first two or three and then certain shows for whatever reason Amanda wants to wait for the whole thing mm-hmm. to be out. And so we waited for the whole thing to be out and we haven't gone back. Yeah. That's our excuse. I would, I mean, everybody should watch however they want to watch. But I think that that show, in general, I'm more of a week to week kind of guy. I think that Mm -hmm. we we lost something as a nation (laughs) when everybody can just watch everything all at the same time. But that show in particular gets kind of heavy. And there's, uh, especially as you go on, there's like episodes that are very... Um, singular, almost bottle episodes where it's like oh, okay. focuses mostly on one character. And I think it yeah. works really well. Like it's not like there's no cliffhanger or anything um, necessarily that you're going to want to like start the next episode for immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just me. Okay. We'll, we'll pick it up again, hopefully soon. I've been wanting to. Yeah. Um, Cause I've been seeing like, you know, little clips of the new season. Mm-hmm. Here's something that I think we've both watched. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah. 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 Did you like How'd it? How'd you like it? Yeah, I liked it a lot. Yeah. Uh, it's my third favorite Jordan Peele movie, but it's still mm-hmm. like an A, a or A minus movie to me. Like yeah. it's, it was really great. Yeah. Uh, we have not watched Us yet. Uh, still, it's, I it's should great. say. It's really good. Are we rewatched get out in us before we went and saw nope and mm-hmm. uh it had been like a year or so since we watched us probably probably and um yeah watching it again just like it was even better there's a lot going on in that nice in that movie yeah yeah i really liked to nope though um it's been a while since we've seen a movie in the theater that wasn't a comic book movie <laughs> yeah in one way or another or a children's movie i guess i yeah. should say so yeah, that was very cool. I really like that it kind of made me use my brain in a different way, I guess. Yeah. Because like I said, we're mostly watching Marvel mm-hmm. and Batman or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like having to think about the parallels, the different like storylines with the same people, like the thing with the mm-hmm. chimpanzee and all totally. that kind of stuff. Yeah, but, I mean... That's what's so great about it is it's like you could just watch it as like a popcorn blockbuster movie. And I think people who watch it like that probably still get what they want out of it. But Mm -hmm. you can also like pick it apart and think about it and stuff. So it's like the perfect kind of movie. Yeah. I was hoping for more. Uh, New Rockstars had posted a, uh, a video about it. A breakdown. That's the word I was looking for. They posted like a breakdown video of it. Uh-huh. But I was wanting more out of the breakdown video. Like, because yeah. for the, the, all the comic stuff, they go all in and like do yeah. tons of research. 
And with the Nope video, video, like there was some stuff, but it was a lot of just like, here's what happened in the movie versus yeah. like, let's overanalyze this thing. Well, I mean, with the comic book movies, they could go to the source material totally. and stuff. And like with this, it's like you can they can really only like go as far as like interviews or promotion that they've done for the movie. And then yeah. it's like you have to like figure it out for yourself, <laughs> which is like you know, I don't know. I wouldn't want to like see the movie on Friday and then have to make, you know, part of it is just like they have to get a video up. So they sure, probably didn't sure. have a lot of time to like really dig into it as much as they, and it's like not streaming yet. So they probably, it's not yeah, like they got to yeah. watch it a bunch. So yeah. Yeah. Um, but hopefully I hear they, hopefully they, or, or somebody else will put out a, a video about it. Yeah. We, I watched get out. I watched get out twice actually. Cause I watched it once and then I watched it with the commentary and it was oh, cool. one of the best commentary tracks I've ever heard because Jordan oh, nice. Peele pretty much just says like, you know, I know a lot of directors on the commentary tracks. They don't like to like reveal what they're thinking or what things represent. But like, I know when I watch or listen to commentaries, like that's what I want. So I'm just yeah. going to lay it all out for you guys. So it was like very that's informative. The, that's the the joy of watching commentary. Yeah. Yeah. And then Getting I was that kind yeah, of insight. disappointed that us did not have a commentary track. Oh, but, bummer. Um, yeah. What else has been going on, man? Mm, went down to Bakersfield to Buck Owens Crystal Palace, which I've like always wanted to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this artist Haley Witters played who Nate got me into and I've gotten very into. So thank you, Nate. You've seen her twice now. I've seen like her twice. Month. And she announced this show like two or three days before the show. I think it was wow. part of a like, you're not, a, I forget what they, what they call that in the music biz, but where you don't like promote your other concerts. If you have another concert, like oh. in the same area kind of yeah, a thing. Yeah. Because if I would have known, I wouldn't have gone to the Golden One show because it was like pretty expensive and she opened. So she only got to play for like a half hour. But yeah, yeah, in Bakersfield, I had like great view and she played for, I think, over an hour. And um, Crystal Palace is a very cool like venue that's been around since, I don't know, I'm guessing like the 60s or 70s that Buck Owens opened in in Bakersfield. which we'll probably talk about a little later, maybe. Ooh. And because uh, there's was a you know huge concentration of country music in Bakersfield. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was really cool to go there. And it also ended at like it ended at 9 p.m. like on the dot, wow. which was amazing. But then I had like a four and a half hour drive. Yeah, home. that's a long ass drive. Uh, but uh, still worth it. Uh, did anyone ever get up and. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so I had I'd sent. Nate and Danny a picture where it's like she's like performing and her band is like just like killing it and like nobody is like standing up and there's this huge dance floor and I re- I just wanted to stand close so I could like see but I felt awkward going up there by myself so I never did and then eventually like a bunch of like teenage girls went up and then eventually like some other women got up and like mm-hmm. at the I think it was literally the last song like some some men came out with their <laughs> with their significant others to dance uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. so uh yeah I was just off to the side for most of the night but it was it was still very cool yeah yeah that's cool to like uh get to see her play for such a long time too yeah 
Um, yeah. Since the other show was so short. Totally. Uh, Nate said you didn't really like the second get, second person that played. Yeah, like I, I told him I I actually liked the recording better than the live show, and he was the opposite. Uh, mm-hmm. Just not my thing. But maybe if I give it more of a chance. I yeah. think I was also just in a bit of a bad mood because I don't know if he told you, but like we got there pl- in plenty of time, but uh, nobody at Golden One knew what was going on. So we like... <laughs> went to get to our seats, which were on the floor. And so we went like down these stairs and then the person at the bottom was like, Oh no, no, you can't get there from here. Like there was just like a rope and like we could see our seats. So yeah, like, no, yeah, you've yeah. got to go up and go to this door then and take these stairs. So we did that. And then they were like, Oh no, we can't let you down. This isn't, this isn't how you get to the floor. You'd have to go get a wristband. And then they told us where to go get a wristband. And then we went over there and they were like, what are you talking about? You don't need a wristband. Just let, just tell them that you sit, have floor seats and show them your tickets. And like, finally we like had to get somebody to like walk over there with us and tell the person like, no, they can go down there. And so <laughs> was, we was like no one else down there on the floor with no, you. No, like, it was, what? there was a ton of people. I don't know. I do not know what happened. Like why? <laughs> I don't know. So we missed like two songs. Which, you know, when you only play for a half hour, yeah. it's a bummer. And you, you bought those tickets specifically to see her play. Yeah, yeah. But it was still fun. It was yeah. cool to see her. And, like, the, like, it's cool to have seen her in both, like, an arena and a smaller venue. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Pretty good. Okay. Last question before we start talking about Dwight. If Jonathan Davis ever has a his own version of a crystal palace in Bakersfield. Uh-huh. Uh, what would it be called? Jonathan mm. Davis's, uh, Jonathan Davis's, let's see, crystal palace, maybe like, uh, uh, Jonathan Davis's, uh, dirty dreadlock. Ooh. Nice. Or maybe like, um, let's dirty see. basement. Yeah, yeah, maybe like uh, Jonathan Davis's um, dingy, dingy den. Ooh, nice. I don't know. <laughs> we were, I was, so a new Woodstock 99 documentary came out on uh-huh. Netflix, I think, and I haven't watched it yet, but I was talking yeah. to my friend Dylan about it because I had watched the one that came out on HBO like six months ago. Have uh-huh. you watched either of them? By I have not watched either. And we were commenting on like they interview several musicians and actually Jonathan Davis seems like the coolest, most well adjusted like person out of that like huh. crew or whatever mm-hmm. that that like time um, like he looked back and like, you know, was talking about the the mistakes that were made and like, <laughs> you know, um, he came off as, yeah, like a good a good dude. Just a regular, so, regular yeah. old dude. Yeah. So I don't know. Huh. Good I, for you, I have Davis. I have no ill will in my heart towards JD. <laughs> oh, JD. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Yeah. All right, Qu- Cody. I almost called you Quody. <laughs> Cody is so Quody. He's always quoting things all the time. <laughs> Alrighty then. <laughs> Tell me about the White Yoakum. Dwight Yoakam. Uh, yeah. 
Have you you have you ever heard a Dwight Yoakam song I, before? I don't think so. Have you ever seen Terminator Two? Yeah. Well, when Arnie goes into the biker bar and and beats up those guys for their clothes and their motorcycle, uh-huh. guitarist Cadillacs by Dwight Yoakam is playing. Oh, so you probably have heard him. Yeah, I mean it's. Uh, I haven't that's seen not that the. That's since, not the thing you remember from that movie? No, that's not the thing I remember from that movie. I haven't seen that since I rented it at Videocraft. So. Dang. Was that a free rental from your sister? No, but it was a... Um, my uncle was watching me, and he let me rent Terminator and Terminator 2, which my parents never would have let me do. Hell yeah. So nice. Thanks, Uncle Mark. That rules. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like... I think when I was a kid, I sort of remember him on country radio, and I think my mom didn't like him, huh. probably because he was like not traditionally. She could tell that he was a little weird, you know. Uh-huh. But I think my dad kind of liked him, but he might have just liked him because my it's like to annoy my mom. <laughs> sure. But like, I think I got to him like in the late nineties when I was like into old country and mm-hmm. rockabilly. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really like remember the exact gateway, but then I read somewhere that he like played with like punk bands and stuff Mm -hmm. in LA when he was starting. So I thought that was really cool. So I think that was like what really made me start like paying attention and going back and listening to his stuff. The first, the first record of his I bought was called Dwight Yoakam acoustic.net. What the fuck? <laughs> um, and it's actually a very great, very good album. It's like he does a bunch of his songs acoustic, just him and an acoustic guitar. But it's like the cover, it like didn't have a cover. It just had a sticker on it. Like it's supposed to look like it looked like a bootleg, you know? Uh-huh. Very weird, like artifact of the 90, like late 90s or early 2000s or whenever it was. But yeah, Dwight Yoakam Acoustic.net. I'm looking for it right now. Is it like a... Like an EP kind of thing? No, it's like, I think it's got over 20 songs on it. It's got a ton of songs. And it was from the late 90s, you said? Uh, it might be oh, early 2000s. Dwight Yoakam Acoustic.net. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's, that's like the most uh, early aughts band demo. <laughs> like, Yeah. It just looks like a blank silver CDR with... Uh, somebody typed out Dwight Yoakam Acoustic.net on their computer yeah. and cut it out. Yeah, it's like on one of those little like like a address label kind of thing. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, um, and it's literally just like stuck on the jewel case. Like, um, didn't System of a Down do that? Didn't they do they like did, the they did steal, steal this, this album, album? And it looked like a CDR. But like that was, I think they stole it from Dwight. Yeah. Man, <laughs> this is... That's pretty great. Yeah. And and it is funny, but it's also is is a pretty solid album or nice. collection, I guess. But that was the first thing I bought. Um, oh, and it's got the, the very first song is our first song on the playlist. Yeah, yeah. So I'll talk about that a little bit, but that's like where I first heard that song and I really Interesting. really very liked cool. it. Yeah. yeah. Um but Dwight himself, like do you want me to give a little bit of history yeah. from what I know? Like what you know, he, I think he tried to like do things the, the like 
you know, mainstream way in Nashville, but just like never could catch a break. Mm -hmm. I think that from what he has said, it's like they thought he was like a little too traditional and too country because this would have been like the late 70s, I think. And Uh like at that time, it was all about like what they call the Nashville sound, which is like big, like orchestral strings and like Mm -hmm. tons of instruments and like very produced. And like at the time, you know, there was a big sort of like, I don't know, people thought that that wasn't true country music or whatever, just like every other time in history, like, you know, there were gatekeepers or whatever. Um, Of course, now when you like go back and listen to that stuff, it all rules too. (laughs) But anyways, like, so he couldn't make it. So he went, he decided to go to California to Hollywood. um, And he ended up playing in, like I said, like in punk clubs with X and like, I think the blasters and the knitters and like, a lot of those like mm-hmm. cow punk bands, I never really explored too much, surprisingly, since yeah, that, that is surprising. T- totally seems like my shit, but <laughs> uh, he played the Palomino Club a lot, which was like country club in like the 50s and 60s, like where you'd go see country western stuff uh-huh. and dance and stuff in Hollywood. And then it like became this kind of like hip rock venue in the 70s, oh, okay. and then like sst like black flag and stuff would end, oh. ended up playing there like kind of in its final days like i think maybe it took a little bit of a dive sure so yeah that's like why i always thought he was so cool because he's like totally a mainstream you hear him on country radio but he's got like all this like punk cred and then like the day, more you you dig and the more you hear him talk which you can hear him talk a lot because he <laughs> he has his own like satellite radio station called the bakersfield beat and he talks between songs and stuff and he's just like he's one of those guys that just like loves to talk about music and what influenced Mm -hmm. him and stuff and it you know can can get old after a while but like (laughs) it's it's cool to hear you know some of the stuff he has to say and it's it's actually turned me on to like a ton of really good music so but yeah like he's got this dude pete anderson for the first like I don't know, 15 or 20 years of his career that like produced and played guitar on all of his records. Like, Uh I think he's kind of the behind the scenes guy that really like, you know, solidified that sound. Um, It's like a pretty important piece. And then he he left and um, he's kind of he's not like faded into obscurity or anything, but I don't think he's like charted with a country song like in a pretty long time and he kind of just do, does what he wants now which is like probably cooler than if he yeah. was like trying to pander or whatever totally um of course he's done some acting i don't know if you've seen like panic room no, he's I've like seen panic room. one of the bad guys in that and <laughs> he's been in a few other things interesting um, i didn't know which that. is is cool it's funny because he's like his stage persona and his like musician persona is very like put together and like, you'll never see him like without his hat and he's always Uh got like the tight jeans and the boots and everything. And then like, in like, especially in panic room, he is like no hat and like balding and just like, you can see, you can finally kind of see what he looks like, like his eye, his hats, not like in his eyes and stuff. And he just looks like a wild man, but he's, he's actually, yeah, he's very good in it. It's been a while since I've seen it, but yeah interesting yeah 
Yeah, I mean, I guess that's like okay. like I was saying earlier, like he I think part of the reason he went to Hollywood is there on the West Coast. There was this Bakersfield, the Bakersfield Sound, which mm-hmm. was kind of like in the f- probably, I don't know, the 30s or something like during the the like depression and mm-hmm. the like Dust Bowl when, you know, everybody went west to work like you know, do like migrant work and stuff. Uh, and everyone would like get together to dance or whatever in bar in like barns and just like big, huge, like honky tonks. But like supposedly the thing that made it different is like the crowds were so rowdy and there were so many people like letting loose that like the bands like literally just had to play louder and like, <laughs> and kind of like, you know, it was, there wasn't as much focus on like, I don't know. I don't want to say not a focus on musicianship because they're all like very talented, but it's like it's just like louder and more straightforward. And there's like influences of like like Mexican music and stuff because it was like, you know, there was like all kinds of people working together. So you'll hear like an accordion or something. Oh, okay. And uh, I don't know. It's kind of it's like a cool it was like maybe the first version of like stripping down a, a kind of music to its element the way like punk did or whatever sure yeah um to like you know i don't know be different or whatever yeah yeah based on kind of some of the stuff i was reading over the last couple of weeks was like he got a lot of flack for when country was trying to seem glitzy and glamorous or whatever like he was doing the older style that mm-hmm. seemed more dirty and gritty and stuff like that um, to- totally, yeah, and yeah, that I care. I guess you told me about the punk thing like a long time ago because I already knew that. Yeah, I probably, I probably um, can't shut up about it. <laughs> I I do remember when uh, Three Pairs came out because I remember you buying it and talking about it. Yeah, so maybe it was around then that you had mentioned the the yeah. thing with X and uh, that stuff. Could be. Um, but yeah, that's very cool that uh, it it didn't uh, obviously spark my interest enough to like give it a shot. Mm-hmm. But with a lot of these these country artists that you and Nate are, are giving me, it's like stuff that maybe I'd heard you talk about or something, but I wouldn't know really where to start. Yeah. Um, especially with, with Dwight Yoakam, like he has a shit ton of albums. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure, yeah. And it's like... I mean, even there's so much stuff that it's like I've heard a thousand times. And then once I like, you know, read a little bit about it or Mm -hmm. get some sort of backstory, it's like becomes a little more interesting. Or if I like start picking things out because I've learned more about the genre or whatever, it becomes, you know, better, cooler. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, since I don't still have much of a country ear i'm just gonna make a bunch of comparisons to um pop punk and emo yeah i mean i think uh, i was talking to jay baker Mm -hmm. about i think specifically about dwight yoakam and he pointed out that like dwight yoakam is basically just a really good power pop guy yeah and i think specifically like four out of five of these songs are just like killer power pop tunes Mm -hmm. if you changed them just a little bit yeah yeah and it's yeah, it's like they're just catchy and the guitars are like, you know, poppy in that great way. Like if it was tuned a little different or like put, mm-hmm. you know, distortion on it or something, distortion, some extra it, would, muting. It, it would be 
yeah, it'd be something else. Yeah, um, totally. So, yeah, I mean, he's, I don't, I, I don't think like he, um, borrows from music from the past a lot and he'll be sure. like the first person to say that, but there's not, to me, there's not like another person that sounds like Dwight Yoakam really mm-hmm. like he's definitely has his own thing going on and like people like people compared Joshua Ray Walker's like voice to Dwight Yoakam and I can kind of see it but it's like not quite he's I don't know I can like really like pick him out when you know a song comes on or something it's like you always just know it's it's him interesting okay yeah I could kind of hear the comparison a little bit but but yeah uh, Dwight's definitely got his own kind of thing which yeah. is cool. I like it. All right. Shall we move on to our first song, Cody? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so the first song Cody gave me off of 1986's Guitars, Cadillacs, etc., etc. Bury Me with Maria McKee. Does he want to be buried with Maria McKee? <laughs> uh, maybe. I don't know. But she uh, she contributes to this song. She sure does. Uh, she sure does, right? Yeah. Like I said, this was that's the first track on that <laughs> on Dwight, <laughs> Dwight Yoakam Acoustic <laughs> um, oh, I love it. <laughs> and yeah, it's cool. Cool song. Like. The lyrics are pretty traditional, Mm -hmm. like beyond traditional. Like this almost sounds like a sort of like Appalachian kind of folk kind of thing, Mm -hmm. maybe, uh, especially when it starts. But then it, you know, goes into some stuff that I assume is about like moving to L.A., which is cool. Okay, sure. And yeah, Maria McKee uh, does guest vocals on it. She's from a band called Lone Justice that was like a cowpunk band in the 80s, which I actually do have their record. And it's it's pretty solid. I don't listen to it that much, but it's it's good. Obviously, she has a good voice and she's like contributed to a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. and has worked with other people. She actually is, does uh, background vocals on uh, Mr. Jones by Counting Crows. Whoa. And I think a couple other Counting Crows songs. Cool. Yeah. And I don't, yeah, I don't, I wonder how that came about, like why he decided to, you know, ask her to be on the track. It comes in, in a weird spot to mm-hmm. me. Cause it's like, well, I don't know. Maybe we want to give the time timestamp, which I have as as forty one seconds in. Okay. Yeah, I have a fifty two, um, which is yeah. talking about her voice. Uh, so probably right around there. Yeah. This this time, I don't know why I've never thought to do this. Instead of just doing forty one seconds, I wrote forty one seconds to fifty nine seconds. Oh. <laughs> so yeah. Smart guy. Let's hear it. I'm gonna yeah. Pull that up. I'm totally unprepared for timestamps, so that's good. Good job. Dwight Yoakam. Oh, actually, before we talk about that, the little intro riff, which everybody's already heard because I you know, dropped that in, it's like two degrees away from a math rock riff. Yeah. Or maybe some like twinkle emo or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like just uh, get rid of a little bit of the twang uh-huh. and, and you... You, and do some tapping or something, and you're right there. <laughs> totally. 
Yeah, there's a lot of, as we'll talk about, there's a lot of like noodly guitar mm-hmm. <laughs> with him. I think that's uh, Pete Anderson just really like lets it rip a lot. Yeah. This old town sin hits back to me and I don't know how much I can stand. With my knees on the street and my heart at their feet, I'm forced to beg from Satan's hand. Like it's weird that she, I mean, at that point there had already been, you know, the chorus and then like it's like half of the verse he does. Mm -hmm. And then she comes in just on the second half by herself. And then it goes back into the chorus. I don't know. It Hmm. seems weird to me. I don't know. There's a whole verse, Um, a whole chorus and almost an entire another verse. And then it goes, I mean, then I think they sing the majority of the song together Mm -hmm. from there on out. But um, I don't know. It's just weird that like the first little bit of the song is just him. And then it's, him and her for like almost the rest yeah, of the yeah, song. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, what do you I've, what do you th- I think of that? I fucking love it. It yeah. um immediately made me think of one Ginny Lewis song in particular, but very like reminiscent of like Acid Tongue era Ginny Lewis. Oh, cool, yeah. But there is a yeah. a Jenny Lewis song on the Bolt soundtrack. The like cartoon <laughs> movie Bolt. Uh-huh. Uh and I'm gonna see I kept meaning to go back and like find the exact timestamp, but it's just like on the chorus. Yeah, I want to hear this. It's the number two. Danny's song. getting out his vinyl version of the <laughs> Bolt soundtrack and queuing it up. Who knew if I that I needed? Oh, that. he's he's putting back the sealed one and pulling <laughs> pulling out the, I grabbed the wrong sealed one. one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh no, this is the picture disc. Hold on, let me grab the the right one. <laughs> when I'm by. man yeah i can see that and also that song sounds great it's i need to i need to listen to it you need to listen to the bolt soundtrack let me tell you uh it's it's just got like a similar do you you file that before or after bolt thrower uh it's in the soundtrack section cody why oh sorry come on dude (laughs) Uh, it's, it's just got like the same shuffle kind of tempo to it and something about the delivery of the vocals. Like every time I heard that song and it took me a bit cause I I haven't listened to like acid tongue in a really long time. I think I've heard the song off of bolt just from watching the movie with the kids, you know? Uh Um, and so I don't know, it it eventually clicked and nice. Anyway, Jane Lewis is great. Yeah. I should have went and saw her with the chicks. Our friend um, weeks ago, our friend Rachel went. Oh, I man. didn't even know she was going to go. But then she posted a picture. Yeah, I should have gone. I, I wussed out. Yeah. But anyways, anyway, I got one twenty next. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. Okay. This is kind of the dual vocal. I love the guitar lead that is going on while they're singing, mm-hmm. which happens a lot with these songs. But 
Yeah, and they just they sound great together. Yeah, they really, really do. Uh, the inflection and delivery that both of them get, like Dwight has a really cool way of like doing his vocal delivery and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I really, really like it. I don't I don't know what I was expecting getting this playlist because <laughs> you know since doing the podcast with you and Nate, like I've been introduced to some country adjacent stuff. Yeah. So I'm still, you know, not versed enough to really know what to expect. But I think this, let's see, who have you guys, you gave me Joshua Ray Walker. Nate gave us uh, Randall Lambert. Randall Lambert. And mm-hmm. is that it so far? I think, I think that's maybe that's it. it. Yeah. And we've talked about Garth Brooks a lot. <laughs> yeah, there's something yeah. about it that just, uh, it, that about his voice in particular that, is really like standing out, yeah. From from the rest of the stuff that I've heard recently, totally. And I think that might be where his success came from. Is he sounded so so traditional, but also just so different yeah. from everything else that was happening at the time. Mm-hmm. It's probably a little bit of like a forced affectation kind of a thing, sure, but like sure. it works really well. Yeah, absolutely. That's actually my last timestamp because the other one is also talking about the Bolt soundtrack. So. <laughs> I don't know if you have anything else. Nice. Uh, I have something at, at 207 to 226. Oh, okay. Cool. And then specifically partway in there, it's when the mandolin kicks in is really cool. Okay. That mandolin is yeah. cool. Yeah. It's funny with this, probably country music in general, but specifically like this song, like it's, it's funny when they just like keep this shit like in the back pocket and then it's like, boom, all of like two minutes in, there's like <laughs> sick mandol- mandolin riff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it it, it kind of speaks to that, like how you were talking about how country music in the late seventies or whatever had, you know, the big band kind of thing going for it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe that's a page out of that kind of book where, yeah. you know, there's a random mandolin or like a fiddle comes in really late or something like that. And maybe that's kind of speaking to that yeah, maybe, tradition yeah. of the time or something. I don't know if the, sure. you know, the depression era stuff had that same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think so. I think so. I mean, it kind of reminds me of just like, kind of like the bluegrass jam stuff, which like I'm not that mm-hmm. first in bluegrass, but just the sort of like round where everybody, you know, is playing the same song and then each person like takes, takes a couple bars to like shine yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever, totally. um, you know, banjo solo, mandolin solo, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Those are very cool. I didn't think about what my favorite song might be. I think this is my favorite song that sounds the most traditionally country sure yeah because as as these the years go on on this playlist i feel like there's less country more americana maybe yeah yeah totally i can i can see that you ready for the next song sure yeah okay off of 
the Atari's first album called This Time in 1993, <laughs> A Thousand Miles from Nowhere. Wait, did the Ataris have an album called This Time? No, they did not. But the, A uh, Thousand Miles from Nowhere just sounds like an Ataris Oh, yeah. Song. Well, one thing I was going to say about this song is, like, it has a bit of a... I mean, it's this isn't really an Atari thing, but, like, a, when I hear A Thousand Miles from Nowhere, like, that sounds like a Green Day song. Oh, totally, to totally. I mean, they... Like 10,000 Miles. 10,000 Miles, yeah. yeah. But this song is almost, I mean, what I like about, and this song is a single and it's, they played it on country radio Mm -hmm. and I've known it for a long time, but I've only recently kind of like started to click with me how great it is, is it's like this, like meandering, like mid tempo. Mm -hmm. It's like a country version of like nineties slacker shit. Like it's, (laughs) it's almost like long view or something. Uh I don't know. It's just I picture him. I know it's like a bit of a love song. There's not a lot to the lyrics, but, you know, there's talking about heartaches mm-hmm. and, and stuff mm-hmm. and get trying to, you know, stop thinking about a, a woman or whatever. But also just like the thousand miles from nowhere. Time doesn't matter to me. And there's no place I want to be just like, I don't know, that just like drips like apathy mm-hmm. from the 90s. Like <laughs> I'm bored, like I'm by myself away from all my friends and like it's fine i don't know it's that's just like the the vibe i get from it Mm -hmm. which i don't know if anybody else does or (laughs) if or if he meant it that way but yeah yeah. it i mean it even kind of i was when i was listening to it over and over it even uh, this might be uh not right but it kind of sounds like big me by the foo fighters like, have you heard that song recently? Not recently. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it has this this kind of same. It's a little bit faster, but it hmm. I don't know. It sounds a lot like it, and it's that again, that sort of like mid tempo, kind of like I don't know how to describe it. I'm sure there's a word for it, but I feel like pavement does it too. It's like that whole like lazy '90s sound, yeah, like where yeah. it's not like it's like they're not talented or they're phoning it in, no, but not it's at just all. like. It's like they're so good at it that they can just be. I just picture people like laying on a couch, like jamming out these <laughs> songs. Anyways, that's hilarious. Uh, as yeah. we play the timestamps, I gotta, I gotta like keep that in my mind. Big Me yeah. is the one with the Mentos. That's the yeah. Mentos video, right? Okay, cool. Or Futos, yeah. Yeah. I believe it was called. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we don't want any. Litigation. <laughs> no, no, we do not need to get sued. <laughs> Interesting. I hadn't thought of the song that way, but yeah, I mean, this is a recent revelation yeah, yeah. for me. So <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think I watched the music video for this one. Is this the one yeah. where he's like on a train and stuff? Yes. Okay. okay. Yes. I feel like a lot of his music videos are like him in a abandoned place mm-hmm. with like dirt and mm-hmm. stuff and like working class people. Um, I got I I got to tell you dude's got some nice legs. Dude, he's in those tight pants. Yeah, the tight pants. I have a very distinct memory of like hanging out and actually this was like 
one of the first times, if not the first time I hung out with Brandy uh-huh. or was hanging out with her and, a, and some other friends of ours, the mutual friends that we met through and we were watching like CMT or whatever. Uh-huh. And a video came on and one of the girls was like, man, you can tell what religion he is through his <laughs> pants. <laughs> yeah, man, that's, there's like parts in that video where he's just like doing his little leg dance and yeah. like, he's wearing these like bright like yellowish orangish uh like leather pants or whatever and it's just like <laughs> this is awakening something in me that i never knew was there <laughs> yeah yeah no i mean he's like got a look and he pulls it off really well he's you know he's like tall and super slender yeah, and like yeah. I mean, that's another thing. There's not anybody who really dresses or looks like him because he's so like singular the way he he looks. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's like a weird looking guy or a different looking guy, I guess. Totally, totally. Especially for like the the genre. Yeah, eighties, nineties. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. The genre for sure. Because you've got like Garth Brooks and his like color blocked <laughs> outfits. <laughs> Uh, and then I don't, I obviously don't know about other country artists, but I just, just thinking about like the different album covers I saw working at Dimple was pretty, uh, either traditional, you know, Western wear Mm -hmm. or, uh, just regular clothes, like a black t-shirt kind of thing. I think he really like brought the like rock and roll. Like it was like combination of like rock and roll and then like the traditional um like nudie suit which are like the you know rhinestone uh suits and pants and stuff nudie that like suit? a lot of the yeah nudie is this 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 guy's last name was nudie oh. was the first person to to make them and like everybody would go to this one guy so like elvis a lot of elvis's stuff was made by him oh. and like yeah nudie cone was his name hmm. he himself has like an interesting story it's like really interesting to read about him and look at some of his work it's like very amazing very cool i learned something (laughs) sorry (laughs) yeah nudie suit yeah as far as the song goes my first thingy is at 44 seconds okay yeah I, i only have a couple and they're a little bit later okay i've got quite a few on this one actually I just I just like the little I don't even want to call them noodly, but just the little guitar parts that are happening on the chorus there, in between yeah. the the vocals. Uh, again, it's it's like two degrees removed from a Midwest emo kind of thing. <laughs> a little closer, actually, maybe like one and a half degrees because it's less twangy. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's cool. And and like uh, toward the end of it, it gets to like a, a lower octave and does some cool stuff. Um, but mm-hmm. none of it's like flashy. It's very like subdued. Yeah, it's all like so I'll acknowledge right now that most of these songs break my 10 second solo rule. Uh-oh. But I think I think they get away with it because once once it starts, like it never really stops. Like, oh, sure. It's just sure. like a constant 
yeah, I don't know. I I said noodling too, I, and again, like I I agree. I don't think it's necessarily noodling. I just don't know what else to call mm-hmm. it because it's not like a ripping guitar solo, and it's not quite like a repetitive lead. But it's again, it's just like this kind of like lazy like noodling yeah. going on like throughout the song. Once it starts, like my first time stamp is one twenty three, mm, and that's okay. kind of when the the so there's a solo, and then it kind of never really stops from there yeah um i have that as well um but i have right after where i stopped um i said something about this part just rules (laughs) okay No, I I really like that part. It it uh, it's reminiscent of like fifties like duop crooner kind of thing, mm-hmm. especially totally. in there with with like the um, uh, bit of bit of a yodel. Yeah, the bit of the yodel, but like the guitar does that little like tremolo or something like that in the background. Mm-hmm. The yodel, mm-hmm. I guess, uh, if we we're talking about Joshua Ray Walker, like I could see yeah. he's lifted from this a little bit. Totally. But yeah, yeah, I just I really like it, and I like that he's not saying words there. Like he is at first, he's saying mm-hmm. "oh I, oh I," um, mm-hmm. but then it just kind of goes off into these like forlorn moans or whatever. Yeah, it's great. I fucking love it. Nice, cool. Um, so yeah, one twenty three. We're just playing the song. Yeah, we're just playing much. the song. <laughs> Let's hear that solo. it right at the end there <laughs> yep yep man you i never really thought about the like midwest emo mathy aspect but totally i would love to hear somebody play these things in that yeah, context yeah, totally <laughs> there's that one didn't you show me like that dirt emo thing oh I mean, that's, right that's yeah the yeah. other the opposite way that's op- the opposite <laughs> yeah 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 but yeah, that part is, it's a really, really cool solo. And like, mm-hmm. that's getting into like showy territory a little bit, but yeah. I'm super okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I like as it goes on, like, like I said, it kind of like never stops. Like it, it'll come back mm-hmm. in pretty often. And then towards the end of the song, I don't, that was my, well, I have one more timestamp at the very end, but like, uh, it's like, it almost like takes over and then like, yeah like Dwight is like, he says a couple lines, but he just, he never completes, uh, the chorus or anything. He just like every once in a while we'll sing a line while, uh, Pete Anderson is just like shredding or whatever. (laughs) I've got two more, probably end up with one more because you were talking about the end. So, but this part, I just, I really like the, the line. I've got bruises on my memory. I've got bruises on my memory I've got tear stains on my hand In the mirror there's a vision Of what used to be 
just the comparisons I could make to late nineties, early aughts emo bands that I loved are just yeah. endless. <laughs> totally. But yeah, I re- I really, really love that part. Yeah. The, and in the mirror, there's a vision of what used to be a man is, is also really good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, what's your last one, sir? It's it's literally like 418, which is when the really wild like noodling comes in at the end during the fade out. Oh, okay, okay. Like you you can't I don't know if you're able to like kind of like uh, turn up the volume on it when you throw it in the podcast. Uh-huh. But it's funny because it just it reminds me it makes me think that they're like having fun in this studio <laughs> and like he knows it's the end of the song, but he's going to just like keep going yeah, yeah, and yeah. like, you know. Shit, I didn't, I never noticed that. Yeah, I mean it's hard to hear. Yeah, but, that's um, fucking it's rad. Cool. I'd love to hear like studio outtakes where it's not faded out. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you can just hear Dwight start to yell at him, be like, "Stop it! <laughs> Chill out, man." <laughs> Next, off of the album title that he stole from MXPX <laughs> under the covers, nineteen ninety seven. Train in the MXPX one is called On the Cover. It it's inspired. It's inspired. <laughs> came out in ninety five. This came out in ninety seven. For sure. Yep. For sure. You know he's a big fan. <laughs> Yeah, so this is one of those songs that I probably wouldn't have put on except for you put on Pet Cemetery for the Muncie Girls yeah. one, and it was cool. And I think that he really, like this song, like the Clash song, I, I like, and mm-hmm. it's probably the song you probably maybe hear the most, maybe this or Rock the Casbah or something. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just like become a standard song that I don't think about too much or whatever. And then you hear his version and it makes like the original version seem cooler. It kind of like breathes new life in it for me. Totally. And and it, yeah. So I was like reading about that song, which I never really knew anything about. Mm -hmm. I like, why do they call it train in vain? And like, (laughs) I always assumed that the, um, stand by your man line is in reference to, uh, Tammy Wynette song, mm. but uh, apparently Mick Jones wrote the song and does the lead vocals on it, which I don't know if I knew that. I didn't know that either. I'm not like a huge Clash head. Yeah, me neither. But apparently he wrote it. Supposedly he wrote it about uh, the uh, he dated Viv Albertine from the Slits and they had a song called Typical Girls where they say like kind of like sarcastically typical girl typical girls stand by their man oh okay and viv albertine claims it's called train in vain because mick jones would like take the train all the way out to her house and then she wouldn't let him in because she like (laughs) was was through with him yeah 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 (laughs) so yeah i thought that was interesting but yeah what what do you think of the dwight version uh i really like it it took me a while to realize that it was a cover like I, I yeah. knew you were gonna put a cover on this playlist, uh-huh. and I obviously recognized the title "Train in Vain" because 
because mm-hmm. I'm also not a Clash guy, but mm-hmm. London Calling is like my Clash album. That's the only one right. I ever listened to. It it doesn't sound like the original, which is totally fine. Like I don't want it to. Yeah. And because I knew you were doing a cover and because, or had a cover on the playlist and because I already had Clash in my mind, because I was like, Train in Vain, is that the Clash song? And then I heard this and I was like, it doesn't sound like the Clash. The last song on the playlist was like, is this a Clash song? Oh, yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll talk <laughs> about that more in a little while. But like, yeah, it took me a little bit. So like, yeah, I don't know. It was weird, but I, I really like it. I really like that it like has this. It's his version of the song. Not like that totally. that Muncie Girls thing where like we were talking about how it's kind of their version. It still pretty mm-hmm. much sounds like the Ramones. Yeah. Just with her singing. This this almost borders on like if this came out 10 or 15 years later, mm-hmm. this is almost like one of those like Internet like when that guy did Hey Ya Acoustic uh-huh. and it was just like everybody lost their shit about it because it was like hearing that song for the first time. And it's like kind of almost a novelty or like, yeah, um, or like one of those like, you know, Weird Al playing a song, but it's polka or <laughs> that lounge guy doing the stuff, yeah, but yeah. it's it's lounge or whatever. But like this is way more sincere and cool and like isn't. I don't think he's doing it to be funny, Mm -hmm. but I think he is doing it to like, be like kind of like highlight, like this song is, is great no matter how you play it. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. And obviously also to like on a covers album show his, yeah, his different takes or different influences, I should say. Yeah. His, his punk cred. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, it's not like, train in vain is this the punk song yeah, that's gonna yeah. get you it would have been cool if he did like an x song or something yeah but i don't know <laughs> this album i haven't i don't think i've listened to every song on it um but yeah this was the the song that really kind of like grabbed me mm-hmm. um the other really cool thing about this song is he got ralph stanley to play banjo and do background vocals hmm. and ralph stanley's like a really old like he was 70 at the time that they oh, recorded geez. this uh, like old bluegrass, like legendary bluegrass guy. Oh, okay. Um, and so like, man, just like thinking about like Dwight Yoakam getting this like very old traditional, <laughs> like Southern bluegrass guy and probably like sitting him down to me like, this is a song we're going to cover <laughs> and like them listening to the clash together. Yeah, yeah. And then like figuring this out. I mean, I don't know. They might've arranged it before. Possibly. I don't think maybe he never even heard the original, but it's still just like, such a cool I mean I think that's what Dwight Yoakam does is like kind of like marries the like past with the cool shit you know (laughs) yeah I actually didn't have any time stamps for this one I don't know if I just ran out of time or if I just liked the whole song Uh what do you what do you I only have a couple um and not till later in the song so um yeah I think maybe because this is a cover or something like that I ended up with not very many did you stand by me? No, not at all. Did you stand by me? No way. It's like the little pause. I think that's from the original as well. Yeah. But it's cool. I like the vocals coming in right before the rest of the band. Uh, and then 243 is my next thing about the uh, vocal delivery. If you don't understand my part 
register goes up a little bit there. Yeah. Uh, I feel like for most of the t- the song, he's in kind of the same spot, but then he finally like pumps it up a little bit there. Mm-hmm. And it's cool. But yeah, that's what I got for the song. It's again, it's it's very cool. I did not recognize it as a clash song. <laughs> like we just played like a couple seconds of the actual clash song and it doesn't sound like this at all, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. To me, just that did you stand by me? No, not at all. Yes. Is like burned into my brain because mm-hmm. that's like maybe the only lyrics from the Clash version that I ever really knew. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> Man, that's weird um, that the other guy sings it, though. I I guess I never noticed. Hmm. Yeah, uh, me neither. So we're posers together. A couple of posers. Well, off of 98's A Long Way Home, the song is called Things change. She said, baby, things change. I said, are you implying that the Ataris are an emo band? They're like an emo pop punk band. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, you could have said a long drive home, but nobody would get that. Oh, sure. Sure. We would get it, though. That's true. Uh, and we'd think it was so funny. <laughs> so I, I tried to do this, uh, but it, it wasn't working out and I didn't want to put that much effort into it. But if you speed <laughs> this song up a little bit, add some distortion, some pop punk drums, you've got yourself a newfound glory song. Whoa. <laughs> Did not think of that. I thought that this could very easily be made into like a Ramones ballad. Oh, like, sure. Sure. Like want to be my boy or sorry do you want to be sure i can't talk (laughs) you know the 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 i want to be your boyfriend that's yes but like down to the like na na na's and stuff Mm -hmm. like it's it's such a like pop punk kind of thing yeah yeah that's my first time stamp is the na na na's yeah um but yeah something about it just just i don't know if you remember but like the second Newfound Glory album, the very first song, something about it just makes me th- want to like blend the two together somehow. Hmm. I would love to hear that. I don't remember that album very well. Well, but. I've got a phone full of streaming right here. So <laughs> this will be the second time I've, I've uh, played a clip from this song on this podcast. Dang. You're obsessed. I'm obsessed. Scrape knees. The song is called <laughs> Better Off Dead. Okay, so they do dunnit, and then there's like a dun So like the dunnit would be the A that they're playing. Okay. And then the the other part after that, the, it goes dunnit, bump, bump, bump. The bump, bump, bump would have to be like the the tabs I was looking at anyway, it's like the A and then like these different variations on A. So it would have to be those could make it work. Let's hear things change real quick. So just think and that like, that like gallopy pop. I got it locked in. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh Huh? Uh Huh? A little bit, a little bit. 
I'm still hung up on it being a Ramon song. Sure. It could definitely be a Ramon song too. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Plus it, it's the, she said, everything's changed. I feel like she said was such a, that yeah. era of emo kind of sure, line. Yeah. She said, he said kind of stuff. She said, I said, she said, yeah, some babies. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's talk about the actual song and not, uh, emo stuff. Yeah, sure. Um, it's, I mean, it really, yeah, it really is like a power pop. Yeah, totally. Kind it, of a thing. Yeah, absolutely. You could fit it into who's that super tramp. Is that the power pop? Mm. Am I thinking of somebody else? I get all the super bands mixed yeah, up. Yeah, I must be thinking of a different super band, but no, nah, it could be Super Tramp. Yeah, but anyway, it could fit into a bunch of stuff. Yeah, but it's not that. It's a country song. <laughs> it's real fucking good. This is another one where he his voice kind of stays in one place the whole time, mm-hmm. which is cool because then every time he sings a little bit higher or whatever, it really stands out. Yeah. Yeah, I you know, you said it's a country song, but I wonder if it wasn't him singing on it, would it even sound mm. like a country song? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Let's uh get the karaoke <laughs> version and Yeah. And uh have some people try out. That would be a lot of fun. My first is is forty three seconds. Mine too. When that sweet organ comes in. Sweet organ and some nananas. Yep. Like the little guitar lead-ins to boom, boom, mm-hmm. boom. That kind of stuff is always, yeah, always fun. Always stands out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, very cool. Can't go wrong mm-hmm. with a nana. love that little guitar part too yeah it's real good. yeah that's cool that's like uh i don't know his version of like putting a little more like emotion mm-hmm. like that'd be like a bit of a screamy part or something yeah yeah, yeah. In a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like a gang vocal or something <laughs> yeah 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 um this song is i mean it's also very very simple like mm-hmm. that's why i don't have much to say yeah about it. yeah it's just like really good and yeah it's pretty straightforward my last one's at 250 do you have anything uh, i have a 220 220 she said you once cried my name I said, well, baby, things change. And let's don't go I just like how it, I don't know, to me, it kind of sounds like some other stuff drops out and yeah. it's just like the guitar and the drums mm-hmm. for a little bit there. Yeah, and it's just like that acoustic guitar, too. It's not the electric. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's kind of cool. It's cool. I dig it. That's where, like, everything drops out except the, the drums and the bass. On the mm-hmm. emo version of this song? Yep, yep. <laughs> oh, man. We've, we're writing it all. Yeah. We should make this happen. Uh, what's next for you? Uh, that's it. Okay. That's it for me. Let's do 250. We've got some more nanas and some lead yeah. guitar and some organ. Yeah. 
put together song yeah that album in particular i think was a bit of a i don't want to say failure but i don't mm-hmm. think it charted as this was like that was maybe the beginning uh, i think it was like the second album in the run of albums that like did not do oh, well okay. that that um but i guess he was having label troubles and stuff and i think because he started doing more stuff like this even the people who were like Oh yeah, he's great because he does this like traditional country thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a little bit less of that. Yeah, um, but it still rules. It does. All right, the last song we have is off of Three Pairs, the first album that Cody told me about, <laughs> probably in 2012 when this came out. Yeah, uh, rock it all the way. Never really believed in Something said with a word At least I never trusted what I was told or ever heard So yeah, something about this song feels very Clash <laughs> to me. I didn't, I didn't think of that. That to me, this is a again very power poppy and mm-hmm. almost like glammy sounding. Sure, like I don't know. Uh, this album is an amazing album, probably my favorite album of his, which is like usually kind of rare with an artist, right? To mm-hmm. like like something that's like twenty five years into yeah, their career yeah. or whatever. But it's produced by Beck. Oh, interesting. Um, which I think like once i knew that you can kind of tell that it's like not the same mm-hmm. it's not pete anderson obviously and there's some like psychedelia rock and roll mm-hmm. pop kind of stuff um going on i love it yeah it's so good the whole album is really good it's really hard to pick a song the thing is i think with this album all of the songs are great for the same reason so like kind of like anything we say about this song probably applies to most of the other songs on the album. Mm-hmm. But just, I love the way this song starts. What else it reminds me of is something like Joan Jett or like the pretenders mm. or yeah, yeah, something in that realm. Totally. Um, I can see that. I get the clash now that, now that yeah. I'm it's, listening for it. I get what you're saying. It's something about the organ sound. Mm hmm. That reminds mm-hmm. me of that. I think they have. Oh no, I have an, another timestamp that reminds me of a different band that used some organ. Huh, okay. But anyway, that part's really good. I, in that was one of my timestamps, my first timestamp, uh, and I don't understand what I meant. Well, I mean, I kind of <laughs> do, but I said, "Oh yeah, it's a sleepy rocker." Yeah, it's a sleep bit it's, of a sleepy rocker. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember <laughs> typing this at all. Like all these other notes I remember typing, but I don't remember typing that. <laughs> Maybe you were a sleepy <laughs> rocker was, when you typed it. I was. 
But yeah, it, it's fucking great. It's very, very cool. So I, I don't think I agree with my note anymore, but I said, <laughs> you know what this reminds me of is that last Goaty Hook album where they like uh, went rock and roll and they had like organ and mm-hmm. stuff. When I was taking notes, it made sense, but this time it doesn't. Man, I do not remember. I hardly ever listened to that. So yeah, you're, that is lost on me. That's but a- I mean, I guess, yeah, they, I mean that I think they were trying to go rock, like power pop rock. <laughs> glammy kind of mm-hmm. sounding stuff so mm-hmm. that makes that makes sense yeah i really like that like mm-hmm. i don't know if it's i first i thought it was the bass but i don't think it is maybe it's i don't know but it's cool yeah this one totally sounds like it could be a ramon song yeah like i could hear the yeah. you know one of those ramon's core bands doing it my next one is 159 do you have that one 159 159 to to 214 that was like right at the end of the other thing i played so yeah so to play this but does it sound like something to you to me it's a very obvious thing that i wonder if like it was on purpose or if Mm -hmm. it was an homage or if it's like one of those things he like subconsciously stole Uh or maybe i'm just the only person that hears it but go ahead and play it To me, those yeah, yeah, yeahs mm-hmm. are lifted right out of all apologies. Hmm. Okay. Okay. The, you know, the end of the, let's see, I can't play it the way you can since I'm using my phone for my. Let's hear it. I'll do it. Yeah. The album version. Uh, yeah. Like, the, uh, it would be the end of the chorus after the Marys or whatever he says. Mm -hmm. Not that one. Oh, not that (laughs) one, though. I guess it's the last one only. Huh. Now, quick, play that one yeah, again. Yeah, yeah, okay. Hold on. Somebody get Kurt Cobain's estate on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's... It's like the same... Same thing, right? Same thing. It's the same cadence or whatever. Yeah. Mm. You fucked up, Dwight. No, I think he did it. I think it's no. an homage. Yeah. It's very good. 
Very cool. Maybe this song is about Kurt. I never really analyzed oh, the lyrics. Maybe. Mm, I never really believed in something said with a word. Hey, I don't know. Yeah. He definitely rocked it all away, though. He did. It could be. It could be. I A little immature junior high Danny was like, is this about doing it? Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. But like, it, it, I could totally buy it being about like a rock star or some, you know. Yeah. Interesting. Every lonely place, every empty space. That sounds yeah. like a it's a little tribute hey. to his his favorite rockers out there. <laughs> all his favorite rockers. All, all of Dwight's favorite rockers. Uh. Um, but yeah, this song rules. This album rules. Yeah. Everybody should listen to Three Pairs. Also, ironically, this is one of the most valuable records in my collection. Really? For some reason. I don't know if they just didn't make very many because who was buying Dwight Yoakam records in 2012, especially on vinyl, but mm-hmm. Cody um, was it's, it's up there, man. Wow. Actually, I think, I actually think my in-laws bought it for me, which is oh, very really? cool for Christmas. Oh, yeah. Thanks in-laws. Yeah. So yeah, I guess, is that your, your last timestamp? Yeah, okay. that's it. This playlist was very, very cool. Again, like I said earlier, I, I don't know what I was expecting getting into this, but uh, I really, I wasn't expecting anything like this. Like I wasn't expecting, obviously a clash cover for one, but like <laughs> it starts out sounding like, you know, traditional country music, but it, it branches out so much to like different genres and different yeah. uh, influences and stuff like that. I really appreciated all of it. It's very cool. I should get into it and then uh, <laughs> I can have something to talk to my father-in-law about. Um, oh, is he a big he's, Dwight fan? He's he's a country guy. Oh man, I gotta, I should hang with him. <laughs> he's also a Republican though, so. Uh, well. <laughs> we can all agree on Dwight. <laughs> we can all that's, agree. On you know, Dwight. I I will say that's one thing that kind of bums me out about a lot of country musicians, but specifically Dwight is, you know, he's like an LA guy. He's like obviously likes cool hip shit. Mm-hmm. But he's very like, you know, walks the fence and never really says anything yeah. one way or the other because yeah. he doesn't want to lose his like Republican fan base, but also doesn't want to like lose cred with, you know, the mm-hmm. L.A. folks, I guess. I don't know. But I don't know. It always bums me out when especially when a artist like kind of borrows a sound totally or or something or like plays homage to something that is like rooted in, I don't know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, but they don't say anything about it. It's, it's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. It's centrist like artists and stuff like that is always kind of a bummer. Uh, or like just people that don't say one way or the other. It's kind of like, I just want you to say something about, you know, where you stand on certain issues and stuff like that. So yeah, I don't have to, uh, especially with country artists. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but you look what happened. I mean, the chicks were the band mm-hmm. that did that and it like seriously messed up their career yeah. in a lot of ways. I mean, it probably 
helped their career in different ways. Mm-hmm. Like I think they're more respected by different people, including myself now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, they were headed towards like country superstardom or they were there. Yeah. Really. Um, so I also think part of that know. part of that probably has to also do with them being women as well. Being what? Women. Oh, women. Well. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyway, what a bummer of a way to end this episode. Yeah, end it <laughs> on a bummer. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> let's give Dwight uh, 3.7, 3.7 seconds of summer. Nice. Uh, cool. I, I dig it. I'm th- I think I'm definitely going to give three pairs a listen. Yeah. And and I think the first one too. I really liked that first song. And like yeah, yeah, based the, on some of the stuff I read about the early stuff, I I feel like I'd be into it. Yeah, the first 3 albums, the Guitars Cadillacs and then Hillbilly Deluxe, which by the way, Rob Zombie released the album Hellbilly Deluxe. I feel like not enough people Interesting. know that it's that it's probably referencing that, although there's probably like an old country song called Hillbilly, Hillbilly Deluxe Maybe. or something, but and then Boy Noches Notes from a Lonely Room, mm-hmm. also really good. That song has a duet with Buck Owens, which is like really really great. Yeah, check him out. Oh yeah, how's that Dwight sings Buck? Uh, you know I haven't listened to it. What? It's probably good. It's probably good. But I would just I don't know. I would just listen to Buck Owens. Wow, this guy out here saying he's a Dwight fan. <laughs> saying he's a yokel he yeah. <laughs> i wonder yeah that's a good name for the fans um i haven't heard i mean like you said he's got a lot of albums so i have not i have not heard all of them um including like after three pairs came out i kind of thought he was turning a corner and mm-hmm. maybe his next couple albums would sound like that as well and they're good but they're not it's not the same yeah. i think that was a one-off with him working with beck probably yeah um, let's start a, a campaign to get uh, DwightYogamacoustic.net released on vinyl. Ah, uh, that would be great. And or like floppy disk. Or it could come in a in a big sleeve that looks like a floppy yeah, disk. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Because I don't want it to come in like... I, I picture it as, as it was, like just like a black LP, white label, mm-hmm. in just like a picture disk sleeve, you know? And I don't want that shit. Oh, right, yeah, 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 no. No, maybe yeah, like the new order, Blue Monday single mm-hmm. where it like comes in a in a like giant floppy disk yeah, sleeve. There you go. But then yeah, like white white label with typing on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe maybe the label's only on one side. Mm-hmm. And then the runout groove says Dwight Yokum Acoustic <laughs> uh, Get on it, Dwight. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, Cody will be back at some point to talk about another thing, probably. Probably. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. Check out my website, (laughs) DwightYokomacoustic.net.